Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. Well, I'm super excited to welcome once again to Private Club Radio, the most frequent contributor to the show, Rick Coffey. How are you, Rick? And what's going on right now, man? Hey, Gabe. Yeah, I think this is uh, at least four times I've been on here, so I appreciate that. And continued success to you. The show just keeps getting bigger and better. And uh, excited to be here. A couple things uh, I'm excited about. company that I've basically been helped starting. Uh, we are launching Platinum Clubnet app at the CMA show on February 25th in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm excited about that. What is that? Well, good question. It's basically connecting all of the platinum clubs of the world onto a single platform. And, and it's sort of revolutionary in our eyes in the fact of, you know, private club members of really the top clubs on the planet will now have a single spot to go to the Platinum Club Net app and be able to request access at other platinum clubs around the world, just making it very, very easy. Yeah, so I don't have to like ask my membership director if I can get an introduction to Medina or something like that. Exactly. I think it, it, not only just platinum clubs, I think private clubs around the world, I don't think a lot of members understand that joining a private club really does unlock a lot of potential to other clubs around the country and the world, but it does take a lot of time, you know, in the general sense where you do have to go to a membership director, head golf professional, general manager, whatever it may be, and have them call that club. We're, we're really bringing the process into 2019 with the Platinum Club Net app and the One Club Net app, where it's all just done right through your smartphone easily and conveniently. That's so cool. That's going to save yeah. so many people time, both uh, uh, members and people working at clubs. I know there's a lot of membership directors who have to write a ton of letters or letters yeah. of introduction and whatnot. Yeah, we're really just trying to add a lot of value. You know, I think one of the big things that we've seen over the last couple of years is you know, the economy's been great. Clubs are a little bit on the uptick, but everybody's still looking for adding membership value. And uh, by certainly joining One Club Net or Platinum Club Net, whatever your club distinguishment is, uh, this really is a member value add very, very easily. And so that's why we're so excited about it. And again, take a look. Uh, there'll be a lot of press releases coming at the end of February when the CMA conference starts. Uh, but that's when we'll be launching the, the app uh, from that show. I love it. Why didn't anyone think of this before? Uh, they don't have the technology. It, it does take a lot of technology to have a platform that can handle hundreds of thousands of, of private club members, do it safely and securely, make it an easy process, really, uh, with a matter of clicks. Uh, so it, it took a lot of lot of work over, over a year and a half of work to get the technology right, uh, but we've done it. And, uh, we're excited about that. So it does take a lot of work and just like everything, you know, if it's going to be something good, it's going to take a lot of work and we've put in the time and now we, we hope to reap the benefits. Fantastic, man. That's really cool. Yeah. What else, what else is going on in your world? Well, as you know, uh, over the last couple of weeks, you and I have been doing some, uh, hand invitations, email, phone calls, uh, here in Florida for our little membership. Wait, shh, 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 shh. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't true. think we can let that cat out of the bag, man. That's an uh, invite only event. Well, you asked me. <laughs> 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 maybe we'll, let's maybe save it for the end then. 
Okay, so I guess for the yeah the people who hang on to the listen to this whole episode, maybe we'll give them a little yeah. a little insight. But yeah, I don't I don't think we want to let that out in the public too much. Well, what I was thinking about, we haven't done an inbox in quite a long time, and uh, you know over the last couple months, I've also had some some inquiries come into me, and maybe you've had some inquiries about membership or marketing questions through your uh, business as well. Could we spend some time maybe asking a answer a few questions that we've gotten. I'd love to do that. I'm always getting new questions. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be great. All right. Uh, you know, one, one thing, and it's not, it's been asked of me, but honestly, Gabe, this is a question that I still have because I haven't, uh, really used this in my consulting services yet, but I know you're very good at talking about Facebook ads and, uh, you know, everything. Can you actually walk me and the listeners through let's say a member-owned club, so not a management company or anything like that where it'd be much easier, a member-owned equity club, how do you see Facebook ads targeting work? And then how do you how do you get started? I really need to know this as well. Absolutely. I love that you asked me that question because it's something I'm really, really passionate about and I've been talking about a lot. So is there's a huge opportunity on Facebook right now and I do say right now because this is really the time where we're still on the cusp. The real big players haven't gotten involved in Facebook advertising. And that means that we can we can get some pretty big results on fairly small budgets. Now, I do understand that a lot of member-owned clubs, you know, they feel like, well, if we do any kind of quote unquote marketing or advertising, you know, maybe we're opening ourselves up to some exactly. Sort of that's why. Yeah, that's why <laughs> using I said a 501c7 status mm-hmm. or something like that. And so, you know, my answer to that is, you know, there's 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 certainly some concerns there. Like, we don't want to be talking about the price of membership on Facebook if we're running a Facebook ad. We don't want to be talking about, hey, we're slashing our initiation fees. You know, join uh, XYZ Country Club. That's definitely not what you want to do. But you can have some pretty pretty amazing results if you do it right. So I'll, I'll break down what we like to do with, with some of the Facebook campaigns. We okay. like. Now, first, I should mention that, you know, a lot of people think, well, I can do Facebook ads. You know, I just it's just as easy as boosting a post, you know, and then more people will see it. So that's completely different from what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about when we're talking about Facebook ads is Facebook has an ads manager. It's a completely separate platform, really uh, a whole nother part of Facebook that not many people dive into. But what Facebook's done is they have gathered data on every one of its users. It's really the most comprehensive database the world honestly has ever seen. So anytime you ever liked something, anytime you ever did the sad face, anytime you ever started following a page, Facebook's kept track of that. In addition to that, websites all over the web have the Facebook tracking code on. So when you visit a website, it's also registering on Facebook that you're probably interested in this product. So that's why when you go to like Zappos and you're looking at some loafers and you come back over to the uh, Facebook and, you know, you're looking at your feed and you're after the kittens and the babies go by, you see those Zappos loafers. That's how that happens. So they've been they've been really gathering all this information and data on people. And so what that means is that we can get extremely targeted and focused on who we want to approach, I like to call it. A membership in terms of maybe getting some new prospects for the club. So we could approach it and say, hey, who who has a top income, maybe in the top 5% in the country? Who is really interested in golf that's within 5 to 10 miles of my club? 
And there's many, 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 many ways that we can uh, siphon that data. And then what we can do is, is create a Facebook post that only those people see. And that's just first level stuff. We can get into second level stuff, but we can go even deeper where we target people who look just like our members or who look just like the current prospects in our pipeline. That's second level type okay. stuff. But what happens is then you, you create a post and I think a good Facebook post, again, should not look like an advertisement because people, I don't know about you, Rick, but I'm not going on Facebook to get ads served at me. I'm going to connect with my friends and yep. learn about things that I'm interested in. Right. So you want the post to look as organic as possible, meaning it should look like other people's posts. But there's different ways that you can actually drive some membership leads through Facebook. So we like to run campaigns on exclusive events that aren't open to the public, but maybe, uh, you know, for limited individuals that's, that are that are being served this message, you could attend the VIP cocktail reception the club's having. Maybe you even get uh, some sort of member for the day experience so you can experience this XYZ club. We might do some sort of promotion around, um, we have some clubs right now that, that they're building and doing renovations. And so it might be, you get a tour of the, con- you know, the uh-huh. construction site exclusive access to see what's going on behind the scenes at XYZ country club. And, uh, you could do things with demo days, you know, maybe you're having a title demo day and, you know, there's an exclusive attendee list that maybe there's only 25 people that have access to. And uh, if you want to be one of those 25 to get, to get an invite, you know, sign up, sign up to, to get more information. It's really about capturing information. And then from there, a membership director has the leads. They have a database now that they know are qualified to be members of this club because we've already said it has to have a particular income. They have to have a particular yeah. job title, a uh, particular locality. And now you've got a strong database to, to market back to. So can I ask a question off of that? Yeah. Do you have to have a dedicated landing page for each post or a form that goes with a post to get the leads or does Facebook, will it tell you who's viewed it? How how do you get the leads? Do you need to have something separate? Yeah, you do. So um, Facebook won't tell you who the post is being served to because that's privacy rules. But what happens is, yeah, what we like to do is you like to drive people to a landing page. And this is another mistake that a lot of clubs make and really lots of businesses make is they, they get someone to click on their post, their sponsored post, and then they take them to the homepage of their website. And then what happens is people get lost. Like, you know, they're clicking around yeah. and there's no call yeah. to action and then they just leave. Something happens. So we like to drive them to a dedicated landing page uh, where there's a form and that's really the one, there's a big call to action, you know, register for our VIP event or, or register for an invitation, you know, re- or request an invitation. We like yeah. to do that, request an invitation to our event. And then the other thing is there's not links out on that. You know, they come to a page. There's lots of information on that page. You know, there might be testimonials. There might be more information about the club. There might be nice, beautiful pictures of the club and scenery, but that's the only thing they can do is they come to that one specific page. Um, and that way they, they don't have the opportunity to get lost. Yeah. I have seen a couple of yours from Serenata beach club. And I think the hammock hammock beach resort as well. Beautiful landing pages and, yeah, I do think that does hold some value, and uh, I, I agree. It was one of my 30 tips on LinkedIn that social media should not ever be about selling. It should be more about marketing, but I think if it's done well, when you do get to that landing page, you do have the chance to turn it into a nice sales opportunity. Yep, 
and never yeah. talk about price. I mean, that's a tip, you know, whether you work with us or another agency, don't ever mention the price of your membership or the, uh, the cost to join. I mean, <laughs> you were trying to sell, uh, not even sell, but we're trying to offer a lifestyle, an opportunity into a lifestyle. Uh, and so yeah. you really shouldn't be competing on price at that point. I would, right. am I, am I right in this? I think for a member owned club, this is such a still, I don't know if you'd call it delicate for me. I think it would be delicate enough where I would want to work with say your company on this instead of going at Facebook on my own. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, certainly our, our campaigns, you know, just from a budget standpoint, we're, we know how to optimize these campaigns so that the traffic that comes, you're paying quite a bit less for, but yeah, I mean, it's a delicate issue. So you got to have someone who's got experience in that space, who knows how to talk the talk. Even clubs can make the mistake of hiring a local marketing firm but what happens there is they don't really, they don't understand the ins and outs and the intricacies of the 501c7 status and what you can say and what you can't. Well, good. I think I have a better, I think I have a better understanding uh, yeah. at that point. So thank you for that. Well, I Anything? appreciate it because I didn't even feed you that question. So I'm really happy that you asked it. I, <laughs> no. I, you just probably know that I love to talk about Facebook. So it always gets it's been coming up. It's been coming up in a lot more of my consulting conversations. And so selfishly, <laughs> I wanted to know, know the answers. To, <laughs> nice. Anything come up on your end? Uh, yeah, I, I have a bunch of questions for you, but I'll boil it down to my top two questions if that's okay with you. Sure. So I know one thing that's that's getting people concerned these days is as a membership director, right now the, the getting's good, I think, right? We talked about yep. the economy being really, really good. And, you know, But what happens if the economy turns in three years or maybe even next year, people are talking? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, what if, you know, you have a, a club and the, they're just, a lot of members that are creeping up in age or maybe you're oh, in an area where people retention. move out of town. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you got a lot, just a lot. Of, maybe you're in Orlando and you got a ton of competition with Disney and universal and everything else that mm-hmm. attracts families. So what kind of role do you see a membership director playing in the retention process? And do you think that it can really drive any real results that last? Nice. This could have been on a, on a full inbox episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, retention is something that typically it it almost gets lost because like you said, the membership directors, they usually don't get too much into that. And, and I don't think it is fully, uh, or even majorly on their, their side, because typically retention is they're going to come down to things that you can't control people moving or unfortunately people passing away, uh, through that. But you're really concerned about the attrition that is from, things that, that you can control. And so that takes really every department of a club from food and beverage to, you know, golf, tennis, whatever amenities that you have. And obviously the general manager or whoever's in control, everybody really has to work together to create a product that is relevant for whether it's young or old. And so I have, I have answered this question to somebody that I was doing some preliminary consulting with. And I, I told her that I don't think it's really her role to handle retention in general. That is, that's a club wide thing, but I gave her a couple tips on some analytics and some data that she may be able to take a look at that most clubs and most people are not. And especially with spending reports, I think most every club really has accounting systems where at any point you can really pick and choose. Uh, you know, date ranges to find out which members are spending money, which are not, maybe hopefully finding trends. And that's what I told her to do is to be proactive on maybe a monthly basis, having the spending reports 
printed out and then keeping that month over month and, and really going through and looking in a sorted fashion to see the members who aren't spending as much um, and to go through that list. And most membership directors will know the members at their club pretty well. And what you're looking for is those members that you would never have thought you would find maybe in the bottom 20% of spenders. And then be able to look at that list and possibly during a membership or a manager's meeting at a club, talk to the other departments and say, you know, I just looked at the spending list and I see that, uh, you know, Mr. Aloisi is, it hasn't been spending nearly as much money as, as he typically has in past years or even in the past six months. Do we know why he's now on this bottom 20% list? And I think if clubs start to do that on a routine basis and talk about it, maybe even on a weekly basis in their manager's meeting, what you can do is find the potential of finding a red flag of a member that used to be very active and all of a sudden now they're in a, in a report showing inactivity. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I, that's what I put out to her, um, you know, and obviously onboarding, that's sort of the start of a membership life cycle. So when it comes down to this, you're really looking at members who have probably have been there a long time, but uh, especially if you do find a new member, maybe they're a year in, maybe two years in, and they're on this bottom 20 list, that membership director is probably going to have a good uh, rapport with those people and be able to, to talk to them. So that's what I told her is don't get caught up in in the retention because it, it really is club-wide on that, but, but use her knowledge and use the, some of the technology that's out there to to help uncover some of these people before a resignation letter comes. And if she's able to do that, I think it's going to be great for her personally and her in her career to be able to say that she was able to do that. But it's going to help the club and make her really look like an expert. And so a lot of my consulting, certainly with the membership directors, is, isn't just only about the club. I want to really help them secure their role as an, an expert. So hopefully that the job security, you know, is great because we know all in this industry, unfortunately too much, there's a lot of turnaround for various reasons. So totally. yeah. I unpack, I want to unpack something there too, because you, you okay. used me as an example and I'm actually a perfect example right now. So I just walked into my club for the first time today, in fact, uh, for lunch. And it was the first time I've been there since July. And as yep. you know, Rick, I broke my leg in, in the end right. of July. Yes. And not great. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't yeah. great, yeah. but I, I broke my leg. I had surgery down in South America and I had a bunch of complications. I couldn't even really walk for three or four months. And now I'm just finally getting to the point where I can start to even think about playing golf. So in my case, how nice would it have been if someone even reached out to me to say, Hey, Mr. Aloisi, and, and just found out what's going on. And then they hear that I broke my leg boom, then, then it shows that the club really cares, you know, about yeah, Mr. Oh. Aloisi not being there. We missed you, you know, let, you know, we'd love to send you some, flowers. not that I want flowers, but, um, you know, you, you know, let me send you some, I'll take the chocolates and you can leave yeah. the flowers. I'll take the chocolates. Um, you know, anything you could send a little gift along or anything. Well, that, you know, there's so much why, you can do once you have that data. Yeah. That's the, that's the reason I said that it should be discussed in at man, manager meetings where there's a group of of managers because if let's just say the membership director finds that scenario and then all of a sudden she sends you some, you know, letter about, uh, you know, I've noticed that you haven't been there and, you know, that could be the wrong tone to it. And, and so by having the, the manager's meeting, somebody may know that, uh, from, you know, maybe the golf professional knows that because they've yeah, seen awesome. you because you're a golfer, 
to be able to say, oh, don't worry about that, uh, Mr. Aloisi. I know broke his ankle, and and my guess is that's that's why uh, you know he's he's been out there. Uh, but you might find that's where, as a group, you guys can say, you know, I don't know of any health concerns. You know, he's I don't he doesn't work anymore, so I don't think it's anything to do with that. As a group, you can talk about it and maybe figure out if it is a true red flag where something could have happened within the club uh, to be able to reach out. And like you said, that's where the proactiveness comes out, where if somebody does reach out to this person, and even if it's a bad situation, by understanding that their club took enough time to call and see why they haven't been there, that's a huge step. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Because when I I did exit interviews, a lot of people just really want to know that, you know, they're at a club to – to be there. It's not general public. They're at a club to be sort of taken care of and to have people know them and their likes and dislikes and interests and those kind of things. So that step of somebody reaching out and saying, you know, we've missed you. Is, is everything okay? Did anything happen? You can't imagine how far that could go in, in most cases. Huge. It's huge. Now yeah. let me ask you this then, Rick, to, okay. to unpack that one step further. How much time do you think should be spent on membership development and recruitment or whatever you want to call it, following up on prospects, all that, all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. how much time should be spent on maybe the, this retention piece? Well, that's, that's a big question because I think if you do have a lot of systems and processes in place that you're going to have enough time to, to do this for the, for the newer people who are really just getting their grasp on, you know, how do I take somebody from start to finish through the sales process, which can take a while I don't see them feeling like they can do this, but you know, a lot of the people that we're going to see at our, our, our mastermind group, sorry to bring that up again, they're probably <laughs> going to have their processes down. And what I would say is maybe a 60, 40, 70, 30 split is where I would think on prospecting compared to retention. Because again, I don't want it to come down on our shoulders just because we take the initiative and salespeople to find this out, typically in the private club industry, if you start to do something, all of a sudden it becomes your responsibility. I still want to make sure that it's pretty clear that I don't feel retention for the club is really in our hands. But I think if you spend enough time to show, you know, that you're going to look at the analytics, look at the data, make some phone calls, uh, I think that could be 20, 30, up to 40% of your time. But uh, I just want to make sure that everybody else is involved. And that's where I think we need to at the manager meetings, which hopefully most clubs do that on a weekly, biweekly basis, meet up to say, I've started to look at some of these numbers. I think it's something that's very helpful for us. And can we talk about this on, during our meetings for 10 or so minutes? Uh, that that would be a, a great process for, for a club to undertake. Yeah, you're you're right. Absolutely. I love that. Well, thanks for, thanks for doing that. And I, and I, I bet as a kid, you probably couldn't keep secrets very well because you keep talking no, about No, I'm not doing, not doing too well here. <laughs> <laughs> and we will, I promise uh, we will, we will address it, but man, just. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got a anyway. little deep into, we got a little deep into both of those, those questions here. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. All right. Yeah. So I got one, I got one more question for you. Okay. Um, what, well, hopefully what, it's something Mar- that uh, we can both talk about. I think people are pretty tired of listening to me at this point. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll let you lead off anyways. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hit clean up. Um, what's, what's one marketing channel in 2019 that you'd be thinking about 
really going after? Because there's so many. I mean, there's so many social uh-huh. networks. One pops up every month. What's something that you would be focusing on if you were a membership director in 2019? Well, as we sit here right now, about uh, four hours ago, you posted on LinkedIn uh, my answer. Uh, so you sort of stole my thunder to it. But, you know, the clubs that we all work at, uh, one of the greatest things about them is they're typically very beautiful property uh, to be around, whether it's the clubhouse or, you know, what other type of amenity that you have. And one platform sort of sit, uh, fits along with, you know, beautiful landscape and pictures. And that's obviously Instagram. For me, that's one thing that I think is getting more and more popular. And I try to follow a lot of these clubs on there. And it just seems that every month there's more clubs coming on to Instagram. And I think it's just a great way because, you know, our properties are so scenic. And your post about having something that's, and you call it Instagrammable, uh, just something that's your club that when somebody gets there that they're most likely going to take a picture by, whether it's uh, you had in the in the post a statue, I think you were at Bay Hill, but it could be a, you know, a signature hole on the golf course. It could be, you know, your outside dining area overlooking a pond or whatever it might be. Typically at at clubs, I think there's at least one or two spots that when guests come to it there or members come, there's some pride area and being able to, to almost create a hashtag off of those areas. Because again, all you're trying to do is get something that's, that's out there and people share a lot on their, on their platforms. And uh, I think that's what you were talking about. It's maybe even have your club go viral in a sense, you know, is it, yeah. amazing. So to me, I would answer with Instagram. Obviously you talked about Facebook and, and Facebook probably does have maybe the most power just because of how many people are on it and what they've done with their, their databases and such, but just a newer trend. I would lean towards Instagram. So what would you, what would you say right now? I would say uh, video content and then specifically LinkedIn video and then YouTube still is really, really underutilized. So I want to talk about both of those. Now I will just, just, just to wrap up what you were saying, Instagram's owned by Facebook. So in in a way you're kind of, Mm -hmm. um, you're feeding both beasts at the same time. So that's a good thing. All right, cool. So LinkedIn, Video huge. I t- uh, we had a guy named Brian Shulman on. He came on the show. I don't know, man, maybe April or May last oh, year, yeah. talking about the power of LinkedIn video. The reason I like LinkedIn video because you've got people on LinkedIn are more likely to be C level executives, sure, or business people, or people that are probably you know serious type folks. So um, there's only at the time he came on. His stat was that there's only a thousand people creating video content on LinkedIn regular oh, wow. reg, on a regular basis, which is crazy. Because if you think about YouTube, I don't know what the stat is, but there's millions and millions oh, and millions of people yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> right. So if you really want to cut through the voice, plus be on a network where a lot of your potential members might might come from, I think LinkedIn video is huge for that. But YouTube, I mean, you can't deny that it's the second largest search engine in the sure. world after Google. Uh, when you actually, there's so many benefits to having a YouTube video for, for search reasons. So now you've probably Googled some things and maybe you looked up, uh, private club marketing tips or something. And maybe one of my videos was one of the results. Cause it's probably one of the only videos that exists for private club marketing tips. But anyway, um, video results come up in Google searches now. So, and of course those video results come from YouTube since YouTube's owned by Google. So there's a lot of really good reasons to use YouTube. There's also 
just a chance to be discovered because there's not many golf courses utilizing it. Just yeah. so those are the two I'd, I'd be looking at LinkedIn video and YouTube. Yeah. And I like the, the way that you present yours with the two minute tips. I, I think quick hitters like that are what people really enjoy. Uh, I was thankful to see some success with my 30 tips uh, through August of last year that really went off and took off for me to, so they were e- easy, to, easy to digest you know, something for somebody to quickly grab and that they see value with it. And that's why I always stop and watch your two minute videos just because I know it's not going to take a long time. It's going to be something effective <laughs> and something yep. easy to share, you know, and easy to digest. So how, speaking yeah. of your LinkedIn series, how many views and shares and things did you have? It was crazy. It was crazy. It was crazy. I, you know, LinkedIn stops giving you the analytics after a while. Uh, the last time that I was able to put the analytics together, it was passing 120,000 views on there and so yeah that's about as many viewers as you have on private club radio so i felt very honored (laughs) to get up to that number and just in the last uh four four months i've done five uh pcma chapter conference uh presentations about the the series had over 300 people request the the pdf that carrie miller from milwaukee yacht club put together for me thank you carrie and uh just today got invited to new jersey in person uh in this November to, to do it live, to talk about the 30 tips. So again, just like you said today on, on LinkedIn, do something, you know, just give, give content that you know is going to be relative out there. And and if it does, if it helps somebody, it's going to, they're going to take it and they're going to run with it. They're going to share it on their network. And it's pretty crazy to see the results when somebody feels that your content is valuable and is going to help them, you know, Mm -hmm. genuinely. So I think yep. we've done a, you know, I think we've done a good job, Gabe. I, I'm, I'm proud of both of us that we we try to do things that are going to help other people, and you know, it's just gonna, it all works, paying it forward. So, yep, you're right. It's karma, yeah. whatever you yep. want to call it. Yep, absolutely. So, I guess now I will indulge you. <laughs> okay. Um, we can let a few details slip about what's going on in March. Why don't you tell folks what we're doing, man? Yeah, honestly, this is something that just by design, we, we've wanted to keep, uh, just to, to invitations from you and I, I mean, we went through that day and, and put together about 60 people within, you know, Florida and just outside that we wanted to invite to this because it's, it's different. It's not a, a conference setting. It's not really just a day to, to learn. We've wanted to bring together a group of professionals who have done this, uh, because there's wealth in having people together who, who really understand membership and marketing. And when you can share ideas and talk through problems, I think that's great. Um, so we've put the list out there. Uh, you know, if you haven't gotten it or, or anything and you really want to learn more, certainly I think Gabe, would you allow them to email you and, and yeah. uh, I think people okay. listening to the show who have gotten this far probably are the seasoned folks in the business. So yeah, yeah shoot, shoot me an email, Gabe at privateclubagency.com or Rick, what's your email? Uh, do rickcoffeecmp at gmail.com. Yeah. So, you know, if, you, if you're interested, it's we're calling it the Membership Marketing Mastermind. As Rick said, it's going to be about 50 of your peers in the room. It's not a conference. There will be education sessions. Rick's going to be sharing his uh, 30 tips and a few other mm-hmm. uh, wonderful pieces of advice, how to nail the, nail the, the sale, I think. Is that what you're calling it? What's the other? What's the yeah. Other yeah. Piece? Yeah. Nailing each of the touch points, uh, the from touch the points, eyes, yeah. per, uh, from the eyes of perspective member, uh, through there. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if I mentioned it's Tuesday, March 5th in Orlando. Uh, that's mm-hmm. when we're doing it. So I'm yep. excited. You know, it's going to be yeah. something, something different. 
for sure. It is. It is because what we're going to do is there's going to be some sessions where we actually work through your problem uh, and you're going to have people that that have been there, done that, who can talk the talk and who've walked the walk to answer it, look, look at, look at things from a different perspective and just tackle the challenges you've got in your, in your club. So I'm really excited for it. Orlando, yeah. just a great setting. You got Disney there, you got Universal, SeaWorld, all the good stuff for the family. It's very central. It's going to be a perfect weather to get out of the cold if you're up North. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Can't, can't be more excited. First of many. Man. Thank you so much for coming on short notice. We had a guest drop and you stepped up the plate as always. So I appreciate it, Rick. It was a yeah, pleasure having this was you on fun. today, man. This was really good, yeah. Gabe. Thanks a lot. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Concert Golf has the capital, expertise, and private club hospitality experience to help upscale private clubs achieving long-term success and membership growth. For 25 years, Concert Golf has allowed private club members to focus on simply enjoying their club. Visit ConcertGolfPartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process. 